Uh, good morning. Welcome to this episode of Priestly Passion, where I interview priests in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. Today, I had a privilege of speaking with Father Peter Damien, who serves at Holy Rosary Catholic Church, located in the Midtown section of Houston, right outside of downtown Texas, or downtown Houston, Texas. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm jolly good, thank you. So, I generally like to start off these conversations with an icebreaker before we get started. And so, I know that Holy Rosary is a very old parish, been operating for over 100 years in Houston. How does it feel to serve at one of the oldest parishes in the city? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a delight um, serving here because you think about the Dominican tradition. So, we carry on, right, the, the mission of the order salvation of souls. So, it's, it's a joy able to exercise that reality as a Dominican priest in a parish. That's most important than years of the parish, really. I never thought of it of being exciting in a parish that has been around for over 100 years. But a parish is, is healthy, and it provides a young priest like myself with the opportunity to excel in my priestly vocation and uh, draw the people closer to God. Okay, that's a good good to hear. So let's get started. So tell us about your upbringing. How was your formation as a Catholic in your youth? Did you anybody have? Did anybody notice anything in you that said, "Hey, you would be a good candidate for the priesthood"? And tell us a little bit about your like seminary experience, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, I was not raised Catholic. Um, I was converted, and as a result of my father's love for the Catholic education. So my, my family, are, uh, we call Church of England here, it's, we're Anglican, I, I can't say Episcopalian because that's, not, that would, that's very American really, but, and my father insisted on me receiving a Catholic education. So I went to a school run by the Mercy Sisters from Ireland, and my first time in a Catholic church was that experience, it was... I think Ash Wednesday, my first Ash Wednesday. And when I received the ashes on my forehead, I felt this shimmering feeling as if this, I was a part of this tradition. I was so excited. I was probably 11 at the time. And I went home and I told my parents. And I remember my mother said, shut up. I never talked about it again. <laughs> and then the second time I went to a, a Catholic church, um, it was Holy Rosary, and I went, and during the consecration, I saw when the priest elevated the host, I saw a hand in it calling me, and I said to a lady next to me, I said, look, there's something in the bread. She said, shut up. And I said, no, I look, I said, there's something in the bread calling me. She said, shut up, three times. And I don't know how I got up, but I went to the priest, and I told him, I said, there's something in this bread calling me. And from that moment, my life changed. I couldn't tell my parents that I wanted to be a Catholic because they would never support that. And this priest, Father Lee, Alfred George Lee Sang, he's retired now. He's like a spiritual father. I call him once, if not twice, a month. And uh, he offered me instruction for... I think for two years, and then I was received in the Catholic Church, and I did it privately. My parents had no idea, mm-hmm. right? So I remember Pearl Beckford and Isaiah Nelson, those are two people from the parish, 
um, who supported me, so they became my sponsors. And uh, I, don't ask me how my parents were not aware of it. I guess you could say it's providence and divine grace protected me for now as a priest. And, um, and I became uh, converted and the rest was history. Mm. Now that's my, my vocation. Now I've always, this is what my parents told me, especially my mother, after I told her that I was going to enter um, the seminary, that she said she was not surprised because when my, my cousins and my friends outside doing boyish things, whether it's playing football or cricket or something, I'm always inside, writing on the board, preaching, celebrating mass, acting, that is. And so she was not surprised. If I have five things, I'll give away everything. But I remember clearly when she said that, it jarred my memory because I remember she scolded me and she said, if you have five, it's okay to give away four, but keep one for yourself. But I couldn't do that. I didn't understand that. I had to give everything, right? Give up myself. But my friends in high school saw that and said, they always called me John Black. Days of our life. I don't know if you know the Days of our life. It's so popular, right? And there's a character called John Black, the priest. And that was me. And, uh, yeah, and uh, everyone my parish, the cathedral parish, realized that and uh, yeah you make a good priest and Father Randy Ferguson a blessed memory he saw that and encouraged me and my dear friend Juno Hapud saw that he was in the seminary but he left he saw it and encouraged me so at age 12 12 plus I was in high, sc high school I just started high school Holy Trinity High School and I entered the aspirancy program and I lived in what we call the house of studies to get a better understanding of my own faith as a convert and um, my priesthood call. And during those times, I realized that I was not called to a diocesan way of life because I love the rosary, I love the habit, and all those you know traditional stuff as we'll say. And he told me, maybe you have a religious vocation, right? I came here. I went to college, I, I did philosophy and cross-cultural studies, and uh, I met a Dominican brother, Brother Herman Johnson, and he put the capoose over me and said, look at Martin the Porus. Now, I, was, I just came, arrived to the United States, I'm a recent convert, I don't know much about the saints, mm. I have absolutely no idea who Martin the Porus, absolutely not. And uh, we never exchange any sort of particulars. Then after the hurricane in New Orleans, Katrina, then a group of us went to volunteer. And uh, I saw Brother Herman, Baskin and Robbins having um, ice cream. He invited me to the Dominican house to pray and eat. And I went there and I never felt anywhere so at home outside my country. And I said, well, maybe this is where God is asking me to be. And that's history, right? So during those times, I went to, I did my novitiate in Irving, Texas for a year. Then I went to St. Louis from 2008, 2009, until 2014. Is it St. Louis? St. Louis, okay. yes. So we have the um, our studium there and our 
our own school of theology, the Aquinas Institute. So that's where we do our theological formation. Yeah. Oh. And here I am in Houston. <laughs> what kind of duties do you do at the parish here? At parish, so I'm what you call a, the, the, the vicar or the associate pastor. Yeah, and I've been here for a year and three months. Okay, a year and three months. Yes. Uh-huh. So, next question is very central to all Christians is that we have the call, the commandment to love God and love neighbor. So, how do you bring that into your vocation as a, a priest every day? Well, I, I mean, to love neighbor, I mean, you have to first love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't give what you don't have, right? Yeah, and, 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 and everything flows from there, right? Yeah, because God didn't ask me to like but to love. There's a distinction between the two. So, and it's not always easy, right? Because, you know, I mean, it's, it's a struggle, humanity, but it's a good thing because it's a humanity of Christ, right? We, we saw love, and that love took him to ultimately offer himself as a sacrifice of my own salvation and for the salvation of the world. So, love begins by with oneself, right? And then from there it flows, yeah. Mm. So earlier you touched on Mar- Saint Martin de Porres and how somebody exposed you to him. Do you have any particular saints that you feel that you go to regularly for intercession and that you have a strong devotion to? Well, I, uh, several saints. I mean, Saint Martin de Porres, of course. I mean, he's a patron of my province. But besides that, I have uh, not so much of a personal devotion. But I am not. I mean, I invoke his intercession and certain things. I love St. Peter Damien, I love uh, St. Catherine, I love Rose of Lima, St. Vincent de Paul, because these are, uh, you know, our saints have helped me in, in my own uh, difficulties, and especially, you know, the Christian virtue of charity and, and, and love is not always easy. Huh? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, these are people who are exemplar men and women, you yeah. know, well, just like myself. And now, but the heroic virtue, right? That brought them to the highest realm. So, yeah. Mm. So, do you have like any lessons? Because I'm a, I like Saint Martin de Porres a lot. Do you have anything in particular that Saint Martin de Porres has ever um, well, emphasized to you? Or well, shown I, I, you? I, I would say, I mean, you talked about love of God and love of neighbor, mm-hmm. right? And um, and humility, you know. I mean, always go where the grace of God is. You're always going to find obstacle in your life. Mm-hmm. But if God has called you or He's calling you to something, then you have a choice. Accept it as a cross, a sacrifice, or leave it. Right? And Martin chose to embrace. So all that he has been through, not because he was not capable of doing something, but simply because of the color of his skin. Right. right? But he persevered because... Everything else, you know, transcends all that stuff, transcends, you know, God's love and what God is calling him to do, right? Mm-hmm. And look, he's a saint and the others are not, right? So w- when you keep your, your eye on the prize, so to speak, which is Christ, right? And what he commands us to do, that should be joy enough. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest lessons that I get from St. Martin de Porres is the people you surround yourself with should always be striving toward heaven because in Peru at that time he was 
friends or associates with St. Rose, Alima, and you know he had a close friendship with them. And then even in that province of Peru or Lima, you know, there were other saints or contemporary people who would become saints at the time. And so it's just, I'm always reminded that, you know, you should always associate yourself with people who are always striving to love God and love neighbor and reaching toward heaven. So that's a big lesson I take away from St. Martin de Porres. Um So the next thing is about if anybody was considering a priesthood or discerning it what would you say to them because a lot of people I speak to they say hey yeah the priesthood is like a big sacrifice they say oh I have to sacrifice giving up my own personal desires and my own ambitions or giving up a family or anything like that to take heed to the call of God so what would you say to that person who's thinking well, it's like it, an unfair it, sacrifice it, it, yeah but there's uh, you know there's no greater love than this to lay down one's life for a friend right mm-hmm. right so you know, it's 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 about God and what God is calling you to do. And if you're convinced, then that's all that matters because He will provide everything that you need, right? And the greatest gift you could ever give is yourself in love, right, to God and and to the church. So if you're discerned in a, a vocation, you can't be too selfish about it. Right? Because it's God who's calling you, it's God who's searching, it's not me, it's not you, it's God, right? But then he would direct you, right? But you have to be vulnerable to that grace in your life, right? Because you can't be at odds with what God wants and you want. If you truly discern your vocation, let go and let God and everything will fall in its place in proper order in due time, right? Nothing is impossible with God, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the story of young Samuel, Jeremiah, right? So just be attentive to the voice of God and, you know, yeah. Well, that's definitely good advice for those who are discerning a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Um, just closing remarks, I definitely appreciate you taking out this time this morning to um, share your experience and upbringing as a, a Catholic and how it shaped your uh, perspective as a priest. Uh, any closing remarks before you end? Just pray for more holy priests. Okay. And, and, and pray for those uh, of us, you know, every day we want to do the will of God, but, you know, sometimes because of, you know, human weakness as well, you know, we get discouraged. So pray for us that we need them. We need prayers and support. Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely good advice that we all can do and pray for vocations and pray for strong, holy men and women to rise up to the the calling that God has in their hearts. So, um, well, that's all we're going to talk about this morning. I definitely thank you for preaching out, or reaching out and taking out your time this busy morning. And I uh, hope you guys stay tuned for our next interview um, from the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. Thank you.